Welcome to the Maximize Business Value Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Mastery Partners, where our mission is to equip business owners to maximize business value so they can transition their business on their terms. Our mission was born from the lessons we've learned from over 100 business transactions, which fuels our desire to share our experiences and wisdom so you can succeed. Now here's your host, CEO of Mastery Partners, Tom Bronson. Hi, this is Tom Bronson. Welcome to Maximize Business Value, a podcast for business leaders who are passionate about building long-term sustainable value in their businesses. Today, we're going to talk about who motivates the motivator, because leadership can be a really lonely place. I know because I've sat in the CEO seat in plenty of companies, and where do you turn to when you've got issues that you need to talk about, things that you want to pursue, uh, issues that you want to overcome, but yet you don't feel like you can talk with your employees about those things. I know how lonely it can be at the top of an organization. You know, I recently had a conversation with a good friend who's also a client, and she asked me, who motivates the motivator? Uh, she had a situation going on in her business, and, and she couldn't really talk to her people about it. Something going on, and she just needed somebody to talk to, 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 uh, to walk through the challenges that she was having. And at the end of that conversation, she says, so who is supposed to motivate the motivator? I know I'm the motivator. Who's supposed to motivate me? Well, stick with me to the end because I do have a magic bullet on that, and I'll share that with you when we get to the end. But that very question reminded me of something that happened about 25 years ago uh, when I was working for a, a large publicly traded company. I had responsibility for 72 branch offices, hundreds of salespeople, and literally thousands of clients and employees, and I was traveling the globe. You know, it was one of those jobs where uh, where I had to get on an airplane almost every day. Uh, thank God for cell phone technology even 25 years ago, because if it wasn't for that, uh, my wife had no idea where I was at any given moment, because I literally was getting on an airplane every single day, going somewhere different, going from place to place to place. And I know that that sounds like a, a really exciting kind of lifestyle uh, for anybody who's never had to live that kind of a lifestyle, going from place to place and, and talking with different people every day. And, and you're responsible for, for uh, driving the organization and, and, uh, and driving the business. It's a real challenging uh, job, I can tell you. Uh, if you've ever sat in that seat, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but one day I was at a branch in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, and uh, our business um, had a policy that whenever a senior officer was uh, visiting a location, then we always held a town hall meeting and we gave out $2 bills. In fact, our company at the time was the largest consumer of $2 bills uh, in the United States. Uh, the uh, Federal Reserve Bank uh, sent basically the entire stock of $2 bills to our 
city that we were in because they knew we were going to be a huge consumer of $2 bills. Anytime somebody asked a question, we would give them a $2 bill. And why is that? Because uh, you always pay for good questions. And there's no stupid question, of course, only people who don't ask the questions that they've got in the back of their mind. And so, so we literally, quite literally, paid people $2 to ask us any question they wanted. And I was at this town hall meeting in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, one of the employees um, uh, said after that town hall meeting, he came up to me privately and said, man, you, you have a pretty exciting life. You know, you're place to place. What's the hardest part about your job? And it made me stop and think for a minute. I, I'm not even sure how to answer that question, I thought. I said, you know, I'm going to be here in the morning. We're at the end of the day. I said, can I get back to you in the morning? Because I want to think about that. That's a great question. Uh, and I want to give you a great answer uh, to that question. So went out to dinner that night with the sales team uh, and got back to my hotel. And I started contemplating on what is the hardest thing about my job? Because I was in senior leadership at this uh, large company. Uh, and uh, and it occurred to me, and I got it. The next morning, I got to the branch. I went and found the, uh, the person who had asked me the question, and I said, are you really interested in the answer that you asked me yesterday? Uh, what's the hardest part about my job? And I think I actually have the answer for that now. Uh, and he said, yeah, I'm really interested. I want to know what it is. And I said, the hardest part about my job is that I have to be on every day. I can't afford to have an off day, you know, because I traveled from location to location uh, and, and wouldn't see a location for several months. Probably I would see uh, customers on those rare occasions. If I'm having an off day, I could send that branch. I could send that sales organization. I could send that customer into a tailspin that could last for weeks because I wouldn't have an opportunity to resolve it, right? So the hardest part about my job was I couldn't afford to have an off day. I had to be on my game every single day. And that is a hard thing to do. When you're the leader, you set the tone for the entire organization. You know, whether you like it or not, if you're in a bad mood all the time, it's very likely that you have an organization of people that are in a bad mood all the time. If you're having a great time all the time, regardless of the circumstances, it's very likely that all of your employees really enjoy working there uh, and they're in a great mood. Regardless of what's being thrown at them, you as the leader set the tone for the organization. There's a real difference in my mind between leadership and management. Management, you manage processes, you manage things, you manage, uh, you know, you, you manage how things get done. But leadership is about leading people. And the mood of the leader is the mood of the organization, I assure you. Now, everybody has good days and bad days, right? You know, um, I, I know that uh, the elementary school where my, where my kids went to school, that we had a great principal there, uh, Mrs. White, and uh, she would always uh, end the morning announcements at the elementary school with, have a great day or not, 
the choice is yours. Uh, and that was so right. I mean, what great advice to be giving uh, children uh, on, on a daily basis. Every single day she ended the announcements that way. And that's really the reality. Uh, how you choose your, the mood you're in is a choice that you make, regardless of what happens to you, what circumstances come your way, your mood is a choice. And if you choose to be in a bad mood, recognize that that is a choice that you're making. So if you're having good days, then great. But if you have a bad day, how as a leader can you stay motivated all the time? I have some thoughts about that. Um, you know, uh, I'm a big fan, for those of you who know me, uh, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins. You know, I've been to some of his live stuff. His uh, Business Mastery uh, program was absolutely amazing. I, I listened to his podcasts and, and, uh, and uh, I, I watch the videos that he puts out and read his books. I mean, he's just a, a great, great uh, speaker that gets into that, to that right mindset, right? He calls it peak state. So Tony Robbins says, how is it that a leader can be in peak state? Uh, and, and peak state is when you're at your best. That is when you are um, getting the most work done. That is when you are motivated. You are, uh, you're like a machine. You know those times when you are just cranking the work out and getting things done. That's peak state. But your uh, peak state also relates to your mood, right? You want your mood to be in peak state so that you can do the work that you need to do and motivate the people that you need to motivate, right? So how do you take care of yourself? How do you stay in peak state? Well, I think it starts with taking care of yourself first, right? You've got to get enough rest uh, every day. You've got to, to eat uh, a little bit healthier. You know, you, you should exercise. For myself, I try to eat healthy. I try to, to uh, live on a keto-friendly diet. I don't get rid of all the carbs, but I try to eliminate some of them because I like the way my body feels uh, when I eat properly. I also commit to exercising every day. Uh, I get up at 5 a.m. Uh, every day. I go and make the coffee. I come in. That's when I can do my writing. I can plan. I can do some strategic thinking before anybody else in the house gets up. Uh, and, and before, and right as soon as the sun rises, that's when I hit the road and I go running. I'll run anywhere from a mile to three miles, depending on uh, what I've got in front of me in the day and how much time I have, and frankly, whether or not I'm motivated. You don't have to do that. What does your exercise routine look like? Does it get up and walk around the block? Uh, do you get up and, and go uh, um, ride your bike? But I can tell you that when I exercise in the morning, by mid-afternoon, I still have high energy. I know that my energy is going to stay high when I exercise in the morning, uh, and so I can actually get through those really long days uh, that uh, that are what has become part of my life, right? Uh, and if I don't exercise, I know by mid-afternoon, man, I'm looking for a couch to go nap on. You know, I need uh, to, to keep my energy high, and the only way I can do that is to eat a little better, make sure I get enough rest at night, and to exercise. And so, uh, so, but 
I'm not saying pick my routine, but pick a routine and go do that. If you exercise, I promise you, you're going to have more energy. Um, the other thing, another thing that I do is I read a lot. Um, I am a voracious reader. If we pan around, you can probably see over my shoulder here a little bit of edge of my bookshelf. I got two, a wall of bookshelves over here. I have, I have two walls of bookshelves on the other side of me, uh, and I read a lot. I, I like the books. Now, I have a Kindle, love the Kindle, uh, but I like to read. I like the paper. Uh, and uh, But one of the things that I found through the years is that I just don't have time to read the way I'd like to. I'd like to be able to read an hour a day, but where am I going to find an hour a day when I've got a lot of things going on? And that's another thing that I learned from Tony Robbins. He calls, he says, go and find the time that you are doing something else and use that time to read. How? Re use Audible. You know, I got a subscription to Audible. And so when some anybody recommends a book to me, I always immediately download it onto my Audible and it gets into my queue. And then I will, when I'm driving to go visit with clients or, or prospects uh, or, or driving around town, then I can just turn on the Audible and listen to a book. Or when I'm running in the morning, I put on my headset, uh, I turn on the Audible, and I'm listening to a book. That way I can tear through a book a week with no extra time. Tony calls that net time. Uh, no extra time. Uh, I'm, I don't have to set aside time to read. I've already set aside time to exercise, or if, I, if, if I'm not uh, being shelter in place, I'm driving in my car, I can listen to those things while I go. And by the way, if I really like the principles that I hear in the book and it's something that I want to dive deeper into, uh, then I go and buy the paper copy of the book or, or the, uh, the hardback copy of the book so that I can make notes and, and do things uh, with that. If I don't like it, then I didn't waste anything other than just the same time that I already had listening to a book. But I promise you, I, have, uh, I probably buy 50% of the books uh, that I listen to. At any given time, someone can ask me, hey, what are you listening to? And I promise you, it'll be a great book uh, that I'm listening to. So, so those are a couple of ideas. I've got a few more. We're talking about motivating the motivator and how do you continue to operate at a peak state. Let's take a quick break. Back in 30 seconds. Mastery Partners equips business owners to maximize business value so they can transition on their own terms using our four-step process. We start with a snapshot of where your business is today. Then, we help you understand where you want to be and design a custom strategy to get you there. Next, you execute that strategy with the help of our amazing resource network. And ultimately, we help you transition your business on your terms. What are you waiting for? More time? More revenue? If you want to maximize your business value, it takes time. Now is the time. Get started today by checking us out at masterypartners.com or email us at info at masterypartners.com to learn more. We're back at uh, the Mas Maximize Business Value podcast, and we're talking about motivating the motivator. So a couple of other ideas that I want to toss out at you. As a business owner, as a business leader, 
Who do you have in your inner circle that you can trust? Not necessarily employees, but maybe you do have employees, key people who've been with you that you can sit down, have a cup of coffee with, a glass of wine at the end of the day, go out for a beer after work, and just really kind of talk about the things that, that are concerning you. Talk about the things that, that you're trying to work through and get some ideas and, and fresh ideas. You know, so key people might be in your inner circle, key people in your organization. If you don't feel comfortable about with that, do you have you ever established a board of advisors or thought about getting a group of like-minded business people who have experience in other areas uh, who might be able to be a sounding board for for you on a routine basis. You know, an advisory board can be an awesome tool uh, to just listen to your ideas and give you great feedback uh, about the things that you're struggling with. You know, you might also think about joining a group like Vistage or, or uh, EO uh, or, or one of the other, you know, dozens of organizations out there. You know, they act like a pseudo board of advisors group and those people build long-term deep relationships so that when something comes up, uh, and you're having a particular challenge, you can call somebody and talk to them about what's going on and get some good solid advice. Something that I've done through the years, I've always courted very close, trusted uh, relationships with close friends who are also business people. You know, we'll get together on a routine basis once a month for lunch. Hey, what are you doing uh, tomorrow? Or what are you doing today? I've got an issue. Can we grab some lunch today and talk about it? And it's a two-way street. Um, you know, when I'm having lunch with, with one of my best friends and talking about business issues, then they're also going to bring their business issues and we can kind of be one another's sounding board and give advice to one another about uh, how to handle particular situations. You know, uh, another one, um, one of my favorites for me, you know, uh, it, most of you know over my shoulder here is my bride. We've been married for 29 years, uh, and uh, and she also is an entrepreneur now. Uh, she is a um, a college professor, but she's also an entrepreneur. And we recently decided to become one another's accountability partner to help one another improve our businesses. We sit down together at a routine uh, set time every week, and we talk through the things that we want to accomplish, our dreams, our hopes, our aspirations, the challenges that we're having, and we can give each other good advice uh, on our businesses, and we trust one another. And so, so, uh, so she's become my one of my most trusted advisors. I also am in a Vistage group. I'm a Vistage trusted advisor. So not only do I have my own group of trusted advisors, but I'm also a trusted advisor for other Vistage members so that I can help them uh, work through uh, issues. And uh, I'm, I'm a member of several mastermind groups where like-minded people get together and we work through issues for one another. So, so look, you know, I'm on my game every day, but, so, but I have bad days too. And I have a whole group of people, advisors that I've surrounded myself with who can be those trusted people that I can take problems and issues uh, to. And I know I'm going to get a solid ear. I'm going to have somebody who's going to really listen intently and going to give me some great advice uh, at the end of the day. So look, everybody has bad days. Um, you know, I have bad days, but I also recognize that that's a choice 
on my part. If I come in uh, and I'm working and, I, and circumstances are leading me down one of those dark paths and I know that I'm not going to be in my motivated uh, peak state the way uh, Tony Robbins would say, well, that's time. Sometimes I have to just walk away right? I'll go have lunch by myself or I'll call my friend and say, hey, what are you doing for lunch today? I've got a few things that I want to talk about uh, with you. Or uh, for me, I'll get away and go play golf, right? Um, that's very relaxing uh, for me. Although if you watch me on the golf course, you you wouldn't necessarily agree that it is very relaxing. But uh, I can't remember who said it, one of the famous golfers, maybe Arnold Palmer, who said uh, that a bad day on the golf course is better than a good day in the office, right? But I can clear my mind and I can think about those things uh, and I can get away without damaging my relationships when I've got something really meaty going on and I need to get away and think about it. I can go do it that way and then I can be in a more productive, motivated, state when I go deal with it with other people because otherwise if I deal with it right now I might be throwing a grenade into the foxhole and disrupting the organization for for uh, who knows how much time so I know that I've got to pull myself away from that and do that and so you've stuck with me this far and now I'm going to tell you my magic bullet this is my magic bullet. This file that's been with me for years is my magic bullet. Uh, whenever I need to pull myself up and I know that I don't have anywhere else to turn or I, or I don't have time or there's something urgent that I've got to get to and get back into peak state, then I pull out my magic bullet. What is my magic bullet? It is what I call, for lack of any other term, my pick-me-up file. Through the years, uh, when I've received uh, a note, a handwritten note, or a, a, a letter, or an email, or something that really made me feel good inside, someone giving me praise, someone thanking me for something that I did, then I always take a copy of that and put it right in the pick-me-up file. So I thought I'd share one or two things with you uh, right out of my pick-me-up file here that stays right here in my desk, uh, front door. Here is a handwritten note uh, from somebody that I work with very closely, Kim, who's actually going to be editing this. You know, we did a, a seminar uh, together. I paid for her to go with me because, you know, my ulterior motive was I needed her help to carry out what it was that I was trying to do. Uh, and But she got real benefit out of going to that seminar and she wrote me a note. It starts, Tom, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know that this workshop was to help you, uh, but it's going to help me. And then she goes on to give me details. It doesn't take me long to read that note to start feeling better, to start moving back to peak state. What other kinds of stuff do I have in here? I mean, how cute is this? This is a, a card. Uh, I have to figure out, I, I think it's, it's from one of my kids. It's happy something. I don't know what it is. Uh, but I think it may have been a birthday card that one of my kids made when they were three or four. My, my kids now are uh, 17, 22, and 25. But this is something that they made that, that really impacted me when I got it. Every time I look at this, I go back to that same feeling. Here's a note that I got from, from folks. There was, there was something going on, and, and uh, everybody uh, pitched in and wrote me a quick thank you inside there. Happy Bowtie Day. This 
offices uh, one day when I was wearing bow ties to the office. Certainly, I don't have to get very deep. Uh, one of my favorites back in the uh, probably in the 80s or 90s, uh, Charles Bronson was a was a uh, actor, of course, uh, and great movies. Love Charles Bronson movies. Wish that I was related to him. I call him Uncle Chuck, even though we're not related. But uh, there was a newspaper. I knew, yeah, this is dating me. But there was a newspaper ad that uh, where they were doing a Charles Bronson series, and it was called uh, "Guns Don't Kill, Bronson Does." And they and they cut out my face and put it on the Charles Bronson. Uh, and so, of course, that just makes me laugh, right? Because uh, because the team that gave it to me, this brings back that rush of memories that that no matter what kind of a state that I'm in. All, I don't have to. I don't have to go very deep in this pick me up file until it brings me back to peak state, and then I can go on about my day. So, so my encouragement to you is today: uh, go and uh, and and create a pick me up file and throw some things in it, and as people send you notes or you get a card uh, or something that made you really feel good, throw it in there. And whenever you're having an off day or something happens and it, and it knocks you out of peak state, promise you go grab that file. And that is the fastest way to pull yourself back to, to a peak state so that you can go on and deal with your day. So, so there are my thoughts on motivating the motivator. Sometimes you have to do it yourself, and this is the easiest way I've found to be able to do that. This is the Maximize Business Value podcast where we try to give you practical advice uh, to business owners on how to build long-term sustainable value in your business even during trying times like these. Be sure to tune in each week and follow us wherever you found this podcast and be sure to comment. We love comments and I will, I promise you, I will comment back. So until next time, I'm Tom Bronson reminding you to stay safe and to maximize business value. Thank you for tuning in to the Maximize Business Value podcast with Tom Bronson. This podcast is brought to you by Mastery Partners, where our mission is to equip business owners to maximize business value so they can transition on their own terms. Our mission was born from the lessons we've learned from over 100 business transactions, which fuels our desire to share our experiences and wisdom so you can succeed. Learn more on how to build long-term, sustainable business value and get free value-building tools by visiting our website www.masterypartners.com. That's mastery with a Y, masterypartners.com. Check it out. That was perfect. I wouldn't make any changes on that.